Welcome to the Vigor Life Podcast, a source of inspiration, lessons, stories, skill sets, mindsets, and strategies to invigorate and expand all areas of your life. Let's go. What is going on? We are back here with the Vigor Life Podcast and none other than Andrew Coates. And here's here's the thing, okay? I, I, having Andrew on the podcast is, is, is very dope. Been on his show a couple of times, um, but so much so because the growth that he's had in, well, let's just put it in building his brand in an industry in the last five years has been pretty, pretty phenomenal. And, uh, and I love it. And that's what we're going to riff on today on top of, because he's another guy that's just like been in the trenches, still doing the coaching, uh, doing it at a very high levels, built that business up now speaking in a lot of places, writing in a lot of places. Uh, I mean, you name it in uh, built the brand and venturing on with certain online aspects of it. And so, well, first of all, Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you. It's an honor. This is cool because maybe maybe I've been on a hundred podcasts in the last three years, and this is the first one that you know I'm a longtime listener to this podcast, and a lot of this stuff started. We we're going to talk about this where I saw this online event. I've been following you just a little while, and I see that you're hosting this big event, and it's like, holy shit! All these people I like, Pete Mark Fisher, uh, Adam Bornstein. Brett Bartholomew, big long list. I'm like, man, I got to come down to this thing in 2017. And I knew two people. I'd met Mark Fisher and Pete Dupuy earlier that year in another event. Everybody else was a total stranger to me. And I just immersed myself in it. And I'm a big believer in going to these kind of events. And I, ever since that one, I haven't stopped. And I've been listening to your podcast like that whole time. So this is, this is cool. This is an honor to say the least. Man, it's my pleasure to have you on, man. Like, and it's what, you know, What's really, really cool too, because it's almost like, you know, the, what I'd want to dive into is really kind of like these two buckets, these two big buckets that you're still, I mean, put it this way, one you were doing, now you're doing both, um, which is that kind of in-person successful trainer bucket, which I believe is the foundation, right? And we'll, we'll kind of riff on that more, but, but I, I want to start there because before, you know, you started building the other aspect of it. And, and again, like you were a person that was like, just, you know, you took this, the, the knowledge and you just fucking went and like, just took action on it. Right. Uh, and, but before like building that aspect of it, I want to dive in into building your in-person coaching business, your training business. And, you know, and, and here, here's the thing is breaking it down between building it up when you start it and building it up now. Cause I, I would assume there's certain things that are similar, but some things are different. Right. And, um, and what were the, the, the principles that, that got you there? Because again, you know, looking, I always say you can, you know, Steve Jobs says, look, you can connect the dots looking backwards, but not looking forwards. And now you can look backwards and go like, okay, this is the things that I did, you know, to, to, to build at the beginning, here's what I'm doing now. And then we'll dive into, the other aspect of you building a brand, starting to write, starting to speak a lot, having uh, an online program as well that's doing well and how we got there, right? But I want to kind of deconstruct it and, and pull out these nuggets here. I started this stuff 12 years ago, hired off the gym floor as a member. I wasn't even thinking about being a trainer. I kept saying no. It's kind of weird. It's like Cal Newport's, you and I always riff on books. So Cal Newport's so good, they uh, can't ignore you. Yep. It totally debunks the passion hypothesis. I like working out for a long time, but I wasn't this 20-year-old who was like passionate about becoming a trainer at a young age. Fuck that shit. Fell into it later. And 
when I look back, I did really well quickly with generating walk-up floor business and referral business. And that there's elements to it. I'm a big guy and I'm in shape. And that's a tough conversation in our industry about the whole, I don't even want to like do the whole low hanging fruit. Trainers need to be in shape, blah, blah, blah. But I'll, I'll summarize it this way. If you're struggling to generate clientele and you're not visibly in shape, and man, I apologize if someone's offended by this, then one of the things you have the most direct control over is to work on the shape that you're in. Because you may be on a journey. And honestly, you're so relatable. If you've lost 50 pounds and maybe you've got another 50 to go, but there's a lot of people who are going to relate to that journey. So that can be part of your media, right? So the fact that, you know, I'm this big dude that grab, like people see that, they go, okay, cool. This guy probably knows what he's doing. All right. But then it's not being this big, scary, menacing, unpleasant person who only, you know, interacts with people when you think, well, that person might buy from me. I worked on the floor with people who are unpleasant to deal with who are awful coworkers, who if you weren't their paying client or they thought they could make money from you, they ignored you. It's like, it's simple shit. Like eye contact smiles. The first thing you learn is the, what is it? The, the 10 foot, five foot rule, right? It's like eye contact at 10 feet, uh, smile at five feet, simple shit like that and apply it consistently. Learn people's names. When you're not training your clients and you're probably in uniform on the gym floor in a commercial gym, it's professionalism. And yeah, there's argument over simple shit like this, but quite frankly, you're probably not sitting down. Very few people can pull that off and not look lazy and disengage. It's pure engagement with the client in front of you because if you're in a big commercial gym space, while we know that now everybody's worried about themselves or not looking at you, they are alert to who the trainers are on the floor. And they're thinking, well, I never hire a trainer, but if I did, that's the trainer I would hire. So you want to be that trainer through professionalism, engagement. Obviously, you have to develop the skill of being a good trainer so people can recognize, okay, cool, this person has good form. They're strong. And you create such an experience for the people that they look like they're enjoying it, and then other people take notice, and then they start walking up to you. Oh, so hold like, on. I'm going to stop you for one second because you said something powerful. You said, to, so they look at the clients, and they see that they're enjoying it. Right, man. That so so. If another person, this I, I want to extract this because the way you know, and this this uh, mirrors to when I when I came to to the U to the U.S. to live here initially and start LA Fitness, and it was the same thing. My clients were enjoying themselves. It may have been hard. They may have been pushed, but they were engaging with me. They're smiling. They were like looking like, hey, man, like I want to be here, and like this is a great experience. And people would see that and they would see the coaching go like, hey, like your stuff is different. And it'd be, it would be the easiest thing to go like, hey, I just had a, a six o'clock cancel. I got 30 minutes. Want me to take you to a training session? Don't worry, I'll take care of it, right? And so that's, that's such a big point. Sorry to interrupt you on that one, but like, oh. I, I really wanted to pull that out of that. Anybody listening, like, I'm gonna throw this out right now. Like, guys, I've been listening. I, I like audiobooks. And I used to listen to a ton of podcasts. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts anymore, but one of the reasons why I listen to yours is because there's always so much good. Like I told you a while back, it's like, because we both love the book, The Almanac of Naval Ravikant. I'm totally yeah. off course, but we'll bring it back. And I said, Luca, you got to get someone to dive into all your podcast interviews and your podcast and everything you've written for social media and do what Eric Jorgensen did with Naval stuff and put it together in an almanac. And of course, now you got a book on the go. So I want to say to people, listen, like, just go back and listen to Lucas stuff because, you know, you'll riff for days on all kinds of stuff. So 
trying to think about get my brain back on track. Oh, basically, yeah. we were talking about on the floor, and and how essentially like you were working that with these like simple, simple basics of things that just really really work. And I think that sometimes they're so simple that's really easy to um, eliminate them out of your. You know, because you're just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool. But what's what's the one thing that like going to make me crush it right now? Like, no, these these are the little things every day that you do is going to compound and it's going to make you be booked and your book of business is going to grow. Yeah. So, I mean, part of it too is also renewing your clientele. And if they enjoy the experience, they like you. Part of it's having shit to talk with them about and just having that dynamic where I've seen trainers on the floor and they look like they want to be anywhere but the floor with that client. Yeah. That radiant, And they don't last. Whereas I got so many clients. I love training to this day. I've trained for years because I get this cardiologist, me and him are friends. We jam on all kinds of shit that like, I'm just glad there's never a microphone in the room because we get a lot of trouble with the stuff we are talking about. <laughs> and he's a fun dude, right? Really smart guy. And he's my last session of the evenings. And instead of going, man, fuck, I got like five more sessions. I'm thinking, cool, man. I get to hang out with him at the end of the day. And that's how I feel about my clientele. Over time, you get the right people self-select you. But it's also about sustaining your energy to punch the hours and do what we love. I still think too many trainers are in too big a rush to get off the gym floor. They're wired to seek status. And they do it with all kinds of shortcuts, whether it's buying social media followers, which is easy to see through, or they're, they're in a rush to become a business coach. Do you know what the single thing that I, the only business coaches I will endorse are people who, like you, like P2P, like Mark Fisher, who are still doing it, right? They're still running the business. John Goodman, there too. John John has his online trade academy and he's built all this stuff. He's not coaching people one-on-one, -on -one. but it's people who still are actively working within their business and helping people directly versus the people who might've been training for six, 12 months. And they, they just, all they think about is money and status and they just don't wanna work with people anymore. Like that's the best part is to actually work with people. Right, like my my retirees, my guy Larry, he's on my media all the time. Oh yeah, I see. I've seen Larry a lot. Larry's fun. Like Larry wants to trap our deadlift five hundred pounds. His current best is four eighty, and he's got a little time off right now. <laughs> he had a stint put in, right? But honestly, Larry realizes he'd be really unhealthy if he wasn't doing this stuff the last few years. So I I get jazzed up for that, and I like punching those hours. So I think the other thing that is really important is the referral business. And it's simple stuff like, yeah, knowing how to ask people and say to people, don't, a lot of people think if they love their trainer, they think, well, you're as busy as you want to be because everybody else sees this. Well, they don't. So it's a simple reminder to say, hey, if anybody in your world starts talking about they want to get in shape, they want to lose weight, they want to get strong, whatever, I want to be the person who is their first point of contact. I don't want them walking in on impulse into the local Planet Fitness. And not to disparage Planet Fitness, but... I know that I trust me more than I trust the average commercial gym trainer. I think there are so many passionate commercial gym trainers who are working hard at it, but I'm trying to appeal to that client in front of me who's thinking, well, this is not me offering, hey, I'm gonna give you a hundred bucks if you give me a referral. That's transactional, right? And that shuts yep. off the ultra yep. red books. This is a study about what is Israeli daycares and I'm not gonna get into that stuff, but anybody who knows the story knows what I'm talking about where if you can get your people invested in, well, your success, but also what makes them look good. And if they love their trainer, they know you're a world-class trainer who's done good work for me, 
then yeah, I actually want to introduce my friends to you, my family to you. I trust you with them. And so that over time just kept feeding. And then there was a third thing I did. I mean, social media is everywhere now, but when I started, there was no Instagram, there's no TikTok. And I mean, online training was barely a thing outside of like, you know, a handful of people. It wasn't popular, but I was posting on Facebook all the time, treating it like a blog before I had a website, videos of my clients lifting, talk about nutrition training concepts, because, and this is something John Goodman talks about a lot, and this is a big principle, is you want to stay top of mind to everybody in your universe, whether they're fitness consumers or not, because they're going to hit a point where they're ignoring it, ignoring it, but they know what you do. And then one day something changes in their life. And all of a sudden, shit, I need to get in shape, man, my dad just had a heart attack or someone in my world starts talking about this stuff. You're their go-to person. You're the person who's top of mind. And then you start getting the messages and you can't predict when they'll happen. But if you keep doing this stuff, consistently showing up and sharing on media, whatever forms of media you start with, we'll go deeper into that. Then people, and, and, and if you keep showing up and creating and sharing without any expectation of a specific return and not getting discouraged when, you know, the post gets no likes or the, the podcast or the article doesn't get any views early on as you're getting better at it, you'll keep doing it and you'll get better and better and better at it to the point where all of a sudden you've got a growing audience and that audience and everything else that you're doing is consistently feeding you in more referrals plus your renewal base is strong to the point where you barely even have to market yourself. And I almost don't do any real marketing. I market the group training program. Sure. Every time we do an intake, but outside of that, like I'm not looking to take on more on in-person clients or online clients because I don't have any more capacity for it. So I'll gradually increase my rates as I go, which takes care of my livelihood. I'm working on learning from people like you and Don Saladino and Dennis and Kelsey Heenan and surrounding myself with these kind of people who are doing really cool high level stuff. So that way, all the things that I'm building will create opportunities that I can selectively kind of lean into. And I know I'm wondering again. No, I'm, I'm, I'm taking, listen, uh, I'm taking mental notes. Cause that's what, you know, when you stop, I'm like, all right, great. Let's touch on what you just said. Um, and I mean, for, first of all, it's like this, I, I keep coming back to that. I, I think that because of social media, which I love, I know you love, I think it has so much power uh, to create an impact and build businesses. But it's kind of one of those things where, you know, uh, it's very quick to be like, look over here. And then you stop doing the stuff that works and, and maximizing it. And I think it was Hormozy that said, like, you know, most people are doing the right things. They're just not doing anywhere near enough of the right things. So, for example, right, like referrals. It's like, well, yeah, I get some referrals. But how many referral uh, strategies do you have in place? You know, and I like, there's a podcast I did with Krebsy where I shared nine, nine, right? Like, and I'm like, now also, Kate, out of those nine, do you do three or four, but do you do them all the time every week? Right. And if you do that over the course of months and months and months, like it's, it's just such a dramatic difference. It's not even funny. Right. So, or if like, Hey, do you email market? Well, yeah, I do. How often? Once every couple of weeks. Okay. But what if you did it once a week? What if you did it twice a week? What if you did it for a year straight? Right. You just, you're doing the right stuff. You, you, you just have to do like five, six, seven, maybe 10 times more of it. And that, and that could sound, you know, like overwhelming, but honestly, most of the things don't take a lot of energy. They just take structure, right? Point of sale referral asking, you know, Hey, by the way, we do allow you to bring a friend to your first training session. Who you like to bring? You know what I mean? Having like action, like what you said, 
Hey, if anybody in your world, you know, is, would benefit from getting healthier, leaner, stronger, you know, looking better naked, uh, I'm here for them. Uh, reach out to me, like I'll, you know, and connect me, like even just that, where there's so many different ways that you can do it. It's, it's insane. So th that's one. Two is the power of social media. Um, I would say building up your uh your referrals so here's the deal like 93 percent of all all the i would say word of mouth happens offline but but online can spur it right so for for example for the longest time before there was ig um you know TikTok things things like that but facebook organic was actually pretty big what we were doing a ton of is checking in you know people were checking in at vigor to a point that we had like sixty thousand check-ins you know like more than uh, uh equinoxes and stuff right like and it's like how the hell is that happening well, because we were having people check in and, and a lot of times I would check in with them, right? I'm training a client and I'm like checking in with this person posting a picture, which all of their audience sees now, right? And then like people would be, when we had any type of like contest or challenge, part of the points was like checking at our place. Now here's what would happen, right? Like their friends are seeing everybody checking in at Vigor and going like, what is that place? And then offline, they go like, hey, I see you keep going there. What's the deal? Like, oh, man, like great session, group sessions, great coach. You got to talk to Luke, right? And the, and the, there you have that kind of st on steroids word of mouth. And it's the same thing with now, which I talk a lot about the stories, right? Tag your clients and stories doing great shit. They share it because, of course, it's like I'm proud of them. I That's why I do it. They share it. Hundreds of their friends see it. After a while, it's like, oh man, like, look, you're, you're getting really strong. Your form looks great, looking better. Like, what the hell are you doing? Oh, come in for a workout with me. I get a text, right? I, I get a text. Hey, can my friend come in small group tonight? Can my friend come in? Yeah, sure. Right. And so, so that's the thing is that doing these little things. And like you said, sometimes you can have a quick win, but it's more of a compound effect of, uh, you know, of building it up. And, and the same thing with, uh, so interestingly enough, you know, I, I, was, I was just had Jason Brown on and he was like, Hey, I've written a thousand articles, you know, teenage elite, but a lot of them on his site. Yeah. And he was like, all I was doing was writing articles based on the questions that my clients ask me. And then they read the articles, they read the articles. And then all of a sudden, you know, they reach out to me. I don't even like, I'm not selling, getting on a phone. People just want to work with me because they've read all my stuff or the, the example I love to share is the one with uh, Joe, Joe DeFranco. You know, remember back in the day, he had asked Joe um, the blog post. Yeah, he said, ask Joe blog post, right? And he, I don't know how many he wrote, a ton. Great, great, great content, right? And the way that Triple H found him was he was searching for something, landing on an on a, on a Ask Joe article, you know, dove in. And for five months, he was reading that and using it, like getting results. And then he reached out, said, hey, listen, I've read all your stuff. I've done this. It's really helped me. Like, I want to hire you as my coach. You know, 11 years later, Joe D's still training Triple H. Age. How did he do it? You know, like it's like content, like giving value, giving, giving stuff out for a long time. And there's so many examples in our industry. This is literally in the presentation I'm doing coming up a couple of times about really successful people in the industry and they're training celebrities. You got Don Saladino or fucking Ben Bruno or any other number of people like Lee Boyce. You just have my pal Lee Boyce on your podcast and Lee's trained Cal Penn and Robbie Amell and, and other people. And these people are producing tons of long-form content, and there's a big display of their brand and their media and their career accomplishments. I mean, you work with Luke Wilson, 
you know, very prominent uh, former NFLer, um, Canadian dude too, which is cool. Yes. And, you know, I, I've seen on your media, you working with other celebrities and high profile athletes. And that doesn't happen by accident because ultimately these people are finding our resources along the way. Um, the same thing happened with RP and uh, Ethan Supley. Um, and I, I know he went from being, he's the, was he was tuna in the movie blow with Johnny Depp. He was his buddy who sold weed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what is it? My name is Earl. And he, he always plays the, the big dopey fat guy. He's the guy who fucks up and gets the train fucks up and the, the train takes off in unstoppable with the dead <laughs> yeah, yeah. fine. But then now he's this absolute beast. Cause he sh- shedded a shit ton of the body fat and he's transformed. And now a lot of his brand and media is around his transformation. It's because he dug into RP stuff. Mike is telling Nick Shaw's shit. And then he got involved with them a little more directly. I don't know the whole story, but I know that's kind of how that transformation came to be. And there's so many examples of people who found credible people that the person who found them just happened to be a, a high level celebrity. It's like Don with Hugh Jackman to start with. And that led to well, Don's a guy who trains all the celebs now. And, and you know what's, but the thing is about it, right? Like, cause this is one of the conversations that, that I love having. And I love having it with people that like, again, that are doing it. Like same thing when I had Joe D on and we were talking about, and we we're talking about it in private. It's like, you know, how th- this is interesting. I posted this in my stories yesterday, I think, but I said, you know, how do you become successful online? And it was like, well, you get packed offline, right? Packed, like waiting list in your local area. You become the, the expert. And then through doing that, because the way that you got there, it means you got really good at the stuff that we're talking about. We get really good at getting results. You get really good at communication. You get really good at people liking you, which is important, right? And you get good at retention and referrals. And then when you do that, you got a lot of experience and you got a lot of stuff to talk about, <laughs> right? Like it's the same thing as like, would, would you, you know, whether it's writing for T Nation or any, like the articles that I write now, I know the same thing for you. It's like, well, you got a lot to write from because you, you've done so much of it and you do so much of the training, right? So that's, that's, and the thing is online becomes so much easier because you've built a brand, right? First, I would say in person, and it's so much easier to transition. I, I, I truly do believe that, look, if some people will argue about this, I think there's no argument to be honest, but you know, you, you gotta do, I feel like five years at least in like really hard training. I mean, meaning just tons of training to where you're experienced. Like you get good at coaching, you get good at retaining, you get, you know, you learn yourself, you put yourself through training, you're studying other, other greats to where now you're like, man, I got, I got enough, like, you know, the thousands of hours of being able to, talk about it or punch out a course or do this, that, or the other. Um, and I think the people that don't do it really miss out and end up struggling more long-term. And this is what you're saying, right? Like when folks recognize it's because you're doing it in the real world, you're sharing content from the things that you're doing. And people are like, man, that resonates with me. Oh, I tried that. And then, you know, reach out. I'll give a perfect example, right? Like I, for a while have liked uh, supported Hatfield, Bulgarian squats, right? I'm doing it with the safety bar on my shoulders and I'm holding the front of the rack. And then concurrently, totally separately, you're doing the same sort of thing. You're just holding the safety spotter arms. And so I've already written one article for T-Nation for this stuff. As I've seen you doing this. So of course I reach out and I'm like, hey, Luca, do you want to you know, help me with another article on this? And because we're doing the same thing, let's do an article for T-Nation. And up to that point, you hadn't written for them before. You've written for all kinds of stuff. And it's kind of like, well, that's weird that you hadn't. So I'm like, all right, what do I do for the guy who's got everything? All right, cool. Let's get him in the T Nation. And then 
Tony Gentlecore is watching us. So each one of us is like adding more weight week over week. And Tony's doing this crap with a torn uh, Achilles. Achilles. Yeah. And so he's just doing his one leg, which is actually, there's a totally cool scientific backing for doing things on one side. I, I got a, I got an article in the works taking me forever to do, but go into the research on you know, training the, the good side, which actually helps neurologically stimulate the injured side yeah, the and the synergy side sparing and a, and a strength sparing effect. So Tony's doing this shit. And so it's all escalated to the point where all three of us have got like three plates on for single leg stuff. So it turns into a cool article. The editors love the idea, bring you in, you do a few more articles with T nation. We got to do something again. We've talked about yeah. it. And it's just one more little piece of your career of all the cool stuff you've done just to be able to say on your website, Hey man, I've seen in T nation. Um, and this goes to something else I'm really big on is I think a lot of the stuff that has happened in my career is again, because I don't think transactionally, I like showing up and supporting other people without that expectation of, Hey, what's in this shit for me? What can I get out of this? And like, I came down to God, like I've come to so many events and then now all of a sudden I'm getting invited to speak at a lot of the events I've been attending NSCA stuff or my buddy, Tim Arts at Spokane, which, you know, we've been trying to get you involved in. And you and I are now both speaking at Raise the Bar this coming year in February, which is going to be amazing. Uh, and because you spoke at it last year, and I just came down to attend. And so I got to know the guys, Derek and Nick. They're awesome dudes. And meanwhile, now we're in the lineup, right? So that's that's cool. It, it I think all this career stuff really is rooted in just continue to show up Take the, like you said, take the lessons from our experience. You can't skip that step. And you, you find your outlet for media, whether it's, you know, the podcast, you've got two podcasts, whether it's writing, you've run, written a ton of articles, whether it's doing a lot with YouTube, your, your YouTube channel, you document everything. YouTube, you, your YouTube kills it. It's awesome. It's something that I got a lot of work to do on, but you can't do everything. Yeah. And you've built a business foundation. You've built a mentorship around it. And you've done the public speaking and people see this stuff and then people just line up to ask you to be involved in shit. You spoke recently at an event where Venus Williams was on the same stage with you. How cool is that? Super right. cool, man. And, and as, I mean, you, you, you kind of knocked it out the park and I, I actually want to just riff on that and I'll bring these two together. Cause I, I want like the principle of this to come out. And the thing that comes to my mind is like serve, don't sell. Um, and, you know, cause that's certainly what you've done. I mean, even, even with like, you know, the thought process of going like, Hey man, you want to do this T nation article with, with me and kind of bring, bringing me in on that, which I appreciate, but you like you delivered value. And there was a question that I got in my DMS. And, and the question was just like, Hey, I'm in a small town, you know, and uh, just started a business, you know, small town it was like, I said, cause I was like, how many people? And it's like, Hey, 35,000, eh, you know, that's small, I guess, compared to, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's small town compared like, to bigger cities and whatnot, but it, it's more the principle. And it's like, Hey, how do I, you know, like I, I don't have a lot of money to kind of build the brand in this way and the other way. And you know, what do I do? I said, look, I think this is important for big cities or small cities. Cause I'm in rent, you know, I'm in Seattle, but Renton, you know, there's this area, I mean, in this area it's big, but it's, you can like, you can be known in that area. And the way that I started with is that philosophy is serve, don't sell and going everywhere. Now, look, I'm going to give you practical examples because I think practical examples help. But like, you know, we've done charity boot camps now for 14 years every Saturday. Lunch and learns. I mean, I was doing lunch and learns almost every other week for like two to three years. Right. We were going to community events. 
uh, we were sponsoring just about everything. And because we, whenever I didn't have the money, I would give stuff to auctions, you know, like, Hey, two months of uh, group training, one month of personal training. And of course they would make money off of that to raise for the charity. And I remember there was a month I gave out 11 different, uh, things for the gym for auctions. Cause there's so many auctions and some of them were reaching out to us. Some of them, we were like reaching out to going like, Hey, I'd love to give you guys a thousand dollars worth of personal training, right. For your auction. Would that help? Cause, cause I knew that it was coming up. Right. So, cause I would be seeking it out and then doing collaborations, local restaurants, PTs, bringing the Cairo in. I'm talking about, I mean, every week there was things going on and what would happen is that because of that serve, don't sell and getting in front of the audience that, you know, trains at your place, you shake hands, you kiss babies, you deliver value, you serve, you don't sell. And then you go like, Hey, listen, like I would love to, you know, I'm, there was a real estate company. It was a small real estate company. They're like, Hey, I'd love to have you go over two hour workshop for our team, you know, for nutrition. I'm like, yep, no problem guys. Like, Hey, let's do it. And they, they paid some, I mean, it wasn't anything crazy, but the thing is, is that like, they brought in like 12 people out of those 12, four started training there. Right. And the thing is, and they're talking about it. And so the thing is the same, you know, what, what you brought up the serve don't sell there's the the aspect of it is like locally that works, but online it works the same way where it's just like you're coming to serve in delivering value and solving a problem for somebody else, whether it's like, Hey, wouldn't it be great if, you know, you can get in with uh, muscle and fitness or this company, or, Hey, I'm, I'm going to connect you guys to speak at this event. I mean, that's huge value for somebody else or even just building a relationship. Right. And I love what you just said stuff like that. And I don't put this on my media because I'm not interested in getting points for it because that's performative, but I'll say it here. Um, we were in New York. We both spoke at, uh, our buddy, Kenny Santucci's strong New York. Anyway. So I invited my editor from muscle fitness to come hang out because he's there. Got him a guest pass and introduced him to a bunch of people. I introduced a few people to him, including Nick lamb to create that connection to get them in. But I introduced you to Jeff my buddy, Jeff Tomko, right? And again, with everything you're doing, in a way, all you've got to do is kind of knock, you've, you've done the work to earn the right to basically knock on someone's door and say, hey, I'd like to work with you. And they're going to look at this and go, hell yeah, cool. But it makes it a lot easier when someone else turns around and creates that introduction of vouchers for you and says, listen, this guy's doing great stuff. And I am more fulfilled by supporting other people, getting people speaking gigs and linking people up with publications and whatever else is supporting their events. That's actually more fulfilling than getting to do it myself. And because of this attitude of just giving without expectation return, whether it's social media or any of these other things or just relationships, traveling, supporting stuff, it's given back to me tenfold and all these opportunities that I could never have dreamed of. Like I, this presentation coming up, I literally started out by saying, I never, I remember being on the gym floor in these old Star Trek uniforms. And I would see people like, I mean, Dean Summers that worked for the same company as me, but he was writing for T-Nation and all this other stuff. And you see people like John Goodman and Lane Norton and Jordan Syatt. And it's like, okay, cool. There's all of us on the gym floor. And then there's this tier of really successful people, all the T-Nation writers. And I didn't understand, well, how do you get from A to B? So I never thought this was possible. I never thought never thought I'd be someone who could write for Teen Nation or Muscle and Fitness. And I never thought I'd be someone who could speak at conferences or be invited on podcasts like this. And those are limiting beliefs that 
everybody listening also has to start to discard mm -hmm. because not only are they not true, but also if you watch people like you, which I've studied you and Syed and so many other people, there's clues as to how to go about it. And it's all, like you said, it's working and gaining the skill and the experience of being great at what you're doing. And then drawing inspiration from that experience that turns into the article, that turns into the YouTube video, that turns into social media. People shit on social media. They think, oh, it's a vanity metric. Man, it's been very beneficial in opening a lot of doors. People are, and if they see that your following's real and engaged, which is easy to tell, then they're more likely to want to have you write for them or to speak at your event. And it just, it's showing up every single day. It's not hard to come up with something from a conversation with clients or just something that's rattling around in my brain, write it down. And I've literally done fuck all with my Instagram, except write shit on Twitter, really polish, get good at the messaging, share it up once a day, respond to stuff, send a million voice messages and thank yous to people who share it and engage with people and just let it go. And it grew and grew and grew to the point where now it's just gone crazy, right? Simple formula. I think it's wise, and I'm going to get on this, to do the, the reels really well. Honestly, most of the reels that I see from my industry are terrible. They're garbage. But if they'll watch what you're doing with yours, the way that the Hormozis do theirs, theirs, theirs are the best. Great content, but also that style. You get good at that. You also get good at creating highly engaging, highly shareable information in a format that, like, like what we did with Joel Jameson, right? You sent Joel to talk to me. And so we played around a little bit with just how Joel was going to approach his social media. What happened? Double the social media in the space of a few months because Joel took all that knowledge. Dude, it's one of the smartest people we know. And he just started packing it in a text-based graphic. And all these people, this stuff's getting shared by people who are following him. And then all these other people are seeing this and people's stories go, shit, well, I know Joel. I did his, his certification course. I did a seminar with Joel back in 2017. I got Morpheus, I this, that, I read his article in, in this, and it just soaked all these people up who already knew who he was because he'd done so much in his career. Hey, he, I've seen him at the UFC coaching Demetrius Johnson, right? It's, I mean, that's that's the thing about that. Well, number one is like, look, the, 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 the huge lesson here is like, when you help people win and you're excited about seeing people around you win, you're probably gonna win a, like as an effect of that. 100%, right? Because, because, but think about that. That's like a mindset of like, how can I help this person? You know, and, and maybe they already, look, some people have more of what we, what we want. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. But everybody, everybody can have help with something. Maybe there's the person that's uh, worth a hundred million, but their health is not in check, right? Maybe there's somebody that, again, it's like they have this, but their back hurts or their relationship's not great or whatever else it may be. There's always some, problem that you can solve. There's always something that you can help them with the win. And that's the big lesson because again, there's never been a, it doesn't take much. Like you said, it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much to introduce. It doesn't take much to help with something, but man, does it go a long way. And, you know, cause with that said, I would like to connect the two dots here with the start for you when it came to, you know, did you even have a, um, an intention for instance, on the writing side of things, you know, getting into writing, how did you start that? And what, let's, you know, this is kind of like one piece of like building your brand, but um, let's, let's actually, let's zoom out and say, okay, what do you, what do you feel are on a spot? You know, three things that you were like, 
helped you build your band, but they, they were the biggest movers. Cause I'm sure like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we could kind of break down, but if there was three things that you focused on that you would share with, with everybody in the audience listening and going like, Hey, look, if you do these three things, this is going to like over the course of the next year, dramatically build your brand positioning and get you more opportunities, whether that's clients speaking gigs, right? I think, I think all of that falls in that bucket. This one's actually really easy. So the first one is the relationship side. And part of that is showing up to events like the ones that, you know, that you host. I hope you'll do bigger, uh, bigger ground as a business conference again this year. Right. I'm cheering for that. But by showing up to that stuff and leaning into the relationships and just meeting people because you want to meet people. I mean, quick story. First event I ever went to was the Fitness Summit in Kansas City 2017. That's where I met Mark Fisher, Pete Dupuy. Got to know those guys. Pete Dupuy, quiet guy in the back because he's the guy who's not the trainer. He's a business guy. But I loved hearing him on podcasts. So I sat down, I actually got to know him a bit. And Pete's a friend. But in addition to meeting Mark and Pete and Brett Contreras and Alan Aragon and whole bunch of Greg Knuckles, Sohi Lee, I also just met and grabbed up on Facebook all these other people I met, like my buddy Tim Art. And then I found out my buddy Tim Art, oh shit, he's got this event in Spokane. Cool lineup. James Krieger's in it. So I go in 2018, then I go in 2019. And then the world's upside down in 2021, but he decides he's going to do his event. And so I fly down to it. And it was a pain in the ass to get testing. But he asked me to come speak at it, right? Same thing as I came down to your event in 2021, despite the fact it was a pain in the ass to show up and support it. And by going to that event, another one of the speakers liked my talk. He invited me to go talk at his thing this past year. And Tim invited me back. And then opened the doors, all this stuff. Same event, 2017, I met my buddy Jeff Aker. He's from Calgary. Cool. Awesome. Turns out he's the NSCA provincial director. So I go to his clinic in 2018. I go to his clinic in 2019, meet a whole bunch of cool people. Then come 2022, we get to talking. I'm speaking at that. A guy following me on social media is part of the Rocky Mountain Regional Conference. Sees my talk. I'm going to be talking there in three weeks. Cool. And it's, again, it's just showing up and getting to know people without expectation returns So relationships, number one. Two, it's finding an outlet that you're probably really good at. I'm just doing this book by Dean Grazioso. Derek Mendoza pushed me to go and check out mm -hmm. his stuff. And he talks about leaning into your strengths and not like dwelling on your weaknesses, which makes you feel shitty about yourself. And so I've always been interested in writing. I like writing in university, high school, all that sort of stuff. And I got really lucky. One of my best friends in the world, a really great loyal friend, I don't know how to code. I don't know how to build a website. Even as simple as some of them are, I'm just useless at it. But she built this for me. She wouldn't take any money for it. But anyway, it was a place for me to start writing. Plus, I had conversations with people like Nick Tuminello and, and various others in my travels who were like pushing me, hey, you should start writing. So I started writing for my own website. And a couple of people I met along the way didn't realize, my buddy Mike Howard, he helped pick articles for the PTDC's weekly yep. best remember when they did that. Yep. And all of a sudden, one of my articles got picked up there, and then they kept sharing them. Also, by grabbing people up on social media, one day I see Danny Sugar is interacting with someone I know. So I send her a friend request. And I say, hey, Danny, I've been reading your stuff on Teen Nation for years. I love it. We have a podcast. Great connectivity vehicle to develop relationships, right? Yes. The best purposes for it. And I said, you, I would love to have you on as a guest. She's like, cool, awesome. She starts diving into my media right away. Now, I've already been writing. So she's a great guest. Just a few weeks later, she turns around and asks me, as if I'm going to say no, she's sheepish. 
hey, would you consider coming and starting writing for us at T-Nation? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Of course, right? <laughs> I've been reading T-Nation, you know, like starting out my career every morning with breakfast, whatever article at Ben Bruno or Tony Gentilcore, Martin Rooney is writing, right? Uh, Dan John, et cetera. So finding that vehicle to build around, like you talked about, is consistently do it without any expectation of who's potentially going to read it. Develop that skill of writing. If someone is listening and they want to work on writing, message me on Instagram. Seriously, I will give you books to start with. It'll help you, okay? And then I think the third thing is it is picking a social media strategy. And maybe you just focus on one. I think Instagram is still the credible hub. I think TikTok has more scale potential, but I, for lack of a better way to say it, <laughs> I don't like saying it this way. One-to-one, -one, an Instagram follower is more valuable than a TikTok follower, right? But regardless of that, you figure out what is the way, who are the people who are doing the content the best? Who are the people who are have the best messaging, have the best style, the stuff that you're seeing everywhere? Look in our industry. And then uh, maybe you just talk to those people, learn from them, or you just mimic it. You, you develop a similar style, but something that's authentically your own, your own with your own authentic message. Yes, there, there's not really any new ideas out there. And a lot of this stuff is sort of rehashed, but it's still okay to find your voice and your way of expressing something because someone's not going back to 2017 to look for Jordan Seitz infographic on this particular topic. But if whatever you post shows up today, my favorite response is always, I needed this today. And I get it all the time. Like, I love that. That makes me go, this is worth doing still. And more people keep coming in. So you got the strength of the relationships and you've got great people supporting you. You have the backing of, you got to have something that builds credibility. Social media just, just isn't enough on its own because someone goes in, they find this post. Oh, that was cool. They click on your profile. What else does this person have? Mm -hmm. And there's nothing. There's no website with articles. There's no YouTube. There's no podcast. There's no business. And, and yeah, like, I don't like think in terms of status, but people are seeking a reason to follow you and they think in terms of status. So I like to think of like, okay, if you, you care about status, well, status will be a byproduct of all the other things you're doing well, but you've got to give people reasons to follow you and to keep showing up to consume your stuff. And then they'll start sharing. And if you just consistently apply all this stuff committed to the long term and not just get frustrated after three weeks because, well, nothing's happened, honestly, it will grow. It will grow. I think that like, so, so many good points. There's some things I want to deconstruct and dive a little bit deeper into. Um, it, if you zoom out, I'm going to talk about skill sets, right? So for instance, there's, I would say like four skill sets that will stand the test of time. They'll help you make money. One selling. Like if you're great at sales, you'll always be good. And the thing is no matter what changes in the future, sales is sales, right? Uh, number two, writing. And not no particular order, by the way, all of these are extremely powerful because guess what? When you write, like, for instance, you write articles that are successful. You write tweets that are on social media. That's helped you really grow that. Right. Honestly, you text people that's writing. You write an email, email marketing, I think is super powerful. Uh, people say that it's dead. That's full crock of shit. Highest ROI out of any, any uh, medium, by the way. Um, but that's all writing. So it's under the category of writing. And the better that you get at writing, it's pretty easy, honestly, to like transfer from I'm writing, like, especially if you know how to write long form content, 
you can quickly figure out short-term, short-form content. Like, you know, Twitter, 130, uh, I would say words, right? Or IG. Like, and the thing is, is that a lot of them are transferable. Meaning, let me give you a little bit of a cheat code. When I create a reel and write a reel, that reel becomes a YouTube short. It's the same thing. Like I just copy and paste and move it because shorts are the same thing. And then I move it to Facebook. And actually Facebook loves reels, believe it or not. So Facebook business page which is how like, you know, Vigor Ground is like a 200,000 followers because I was constantly reposting the same things I was putting on IG on, on Facebook. So you got three platforms already. The one that I'm actually moving into is LinkedIn has become a lot more friendly for uh, content creators. And it's very similar to Instagram. So you can, so there you go. You got one thing that you did well can go on four platforms. It doesn't take, I mean, it takes you minutes to put on there or you can outsource it and have somebody else do it. But even if it's just you, it doesn't take all this time. It, it's like you do one thing well, and it you can use it a lot, a lot of different platforms. So, so writing. So we said one sales, two is writing. Number three is presenting, and presenting to me goes hand in hand with video. So, if I'm good on video, like I'm presenting to an audience, to like audience, so one audience of a, a thousand, or I'm good on stage, those are similar. You become great at speaking that's going to carry over because if I can do well on video and educate and entertain and coach that can go on multiple platforms. And then for this one is more, you know, is leadership. Like if you can lead people, uh, man, that's a powerful, powerful skill set that will never go out of style. So I, I would say really fo- look again, it's just like Andrew said, focus on the one that you feel like is like your strength. I would dive into that first. But just like Cal Newport's book, you know, be so good they can't ignore you, passion hypotheses, just because you're not good right now, well, because you haven't put in practice, of course you're not good. You know, you're going to, like Dave Tate says, right, shit, suck, good, great. You know, you might be shit right now. You got to work to get to suck and then you'll get to good and you get to get great. But to, uh, you know, to not do these things is crazy and it's honestly setting you up for failure because if you can't communicate well, and you can't write well, and you can write through either, again, face-to-face communication, which to me is like, you know, video. If you can communicate well face-to-face, then it's just the fear of getting on video. It's not because you don't have the skill set. It's just the fear of getting on video. And basically, if people are like, man, you're so engaging when you coach clients, you're so entertaining. I'm like, and then you get on video and you're like, hi, I'm Jack. And, you know, and just that just means that's a fear that you got to get over by doing the thing, right? So again, you have that, to me, you're, that, you're a coach that has tons of potential to share this message online through video and educate people, right? So I, I think that's what's, re- what's really, really important is that, you know, everything that we've talked about and like the examples that we use for ourselves or the people that, you know, have, have done really well in this industry, it comes back to that. Like they're, they're sharing their knowledge, they're educating, entertaining, inspiring, through some certain mediums that people can find them. And they're actually, they're, they're um, not only delivering value in advance, but they're showing, right. That they're good at what they do. Not saying it, showing it. There's two things I want to grab on there too. And what you just described the four things. Again, I, I like that book, the almanac of Naval Ravikant. We both got real jazzed up when that came out. That was good. Naval talks about leverage, right. In order to, and he's talking through a lens of generating wealth, sure, success, but the ability to sell is a way to create leverage. 
Um, he talks about things like code and writing. So any of these things that you develop, an article you've written, you've always had, you always have a video you do, you always have a presentation you do, you always have. Uh, if you have skill and things like coding, fuck yeah, lean into that stuff because that's a way to generate wealth and leadership. All these things are ways to their infrastructure or ways to build infrastructure that allows you to scale. You as a leader has allowed you to build and have bigger ground thrive, right? Which has allowed you to scale your ability to help people and scale your ability to earn wealth. The second thing I was going to say is there are things in our conversation here that I don't yet do well, right? There is There are limits to capacity, sure. Uh, and it can get overwhelming to try to do it all. And anybody listening who feels a bit lost because we're talking about all these things, don't try to do it all. That, that would be a mistake. If you have the resources from a really strong business already, you can turn around and hire someone. I just hired a young trainer to film a whole bunch of stuff for me because I had to film a video library. And it went really well because I'm going to try to do a bit more with YouTube and at least have it there so I can lean into it. I hired a friend to build my email marketing stuff through ConvertKit a while back. I hired Lee Boyce's uh, web developer to build my my second website, my professional website, and he does a great job. So that way he then built the one for a group program. These are skills I don't possess, but I've been able to have the resources that I can actually outsource this stuff so I can do the things I do well. Ooh, listen, I got, so this, this is really important. You said, I got the resources so that I could do those things. So here's the blueprint, okay? For anybody that's just like, these guys are talking about so much stuff. And you said leverage. One of my favorite analogies of leverage, first of all, there's, you know, there's really no such thing as passive income. Like you got to work for just about anything, but here's the deal. So I'm going to think about of a big Ferris wheel, right? Like that you're trying to move. Okay. And let's say that's your business. That's your coaching business. And at the beginning, like you're putting in so much effort and this thing's big and it's heavy and like you're sweating and like you're pushing, you're doing all this work and it doesn't budge. Right. And then like you keep pushing, you're almost like, ah, and then it budges a little bit and it gives you some motivation. Right. And then you keep working and you keep working and you keep working. And now all of a sudden that wheel doesn't take as much energy, right. To, to spin. Now at a certain point in time, when you got it spinning fast, you're just doing this, right. You're just, you're just using a little bit of energy to make it continue to move at a fast pace. That's leverage. That's your business. And, but now the thing is, if you stop, it stops eventually, right? So, so the thing is you do have to keep working. Now, this is my analogy for take the coaching business, take your fitness business. The, the wheel, if you're an off offline trainer is like to get that thing spinning, get booked, right? How, how many hours that is, we're not going to dive into that, but put it this way. You know, if you're a person that's just like, I don't know why I'm not successful, but I'm training 12 hours a week. Like, listen, that's not going to, that's not going to do it because you got to do what Andrew said, build resources. And, you know, um, Alex talks about this a lot, where it's just like, the first part is like, you just got to work a lot because, and work more, because guess what? If you're smart, you're stacking those resources, that money, so that you can and buy back your time. And step one might be like, I'm going to get an admin. Boom. Now I'm not doing the billing. Now I'm not doing this. Now I'm not doing follow-up CC rejects, all that stuff. Then, you know, step two might be, you know, if you're going to build a, a coaching business in the gym, it might be like, yeah, I get another trainer, but it also might be like, you know what? I'm going to be solo. Maybe I'm going to spend some time, some money on somebody editing podcasts or doing video, right? Like, but the thing is you have the resource now. 
and, and that's the kicker. So first get that, that wheel spinning. And that might take look years for you to get booked and be like, damn, I'm doing well. I'm making bank. I've been stacking on the side. Okay. Now it takes a little bit less to keep this wheel spinning. I'm going to start this other wheel and I'll put some energy into getting that thing started, but I can, because I got so much less energy. I need to put into this because I got help from this person, this person, this person, and I'm doing well. The mistake is in this industry, and I think a lot of industries, but this one specifically is that folks are trying to get four heavy wheels spinning or three and they don't move shit. And then they get frustrated and they go like, man, this is not working. And it's like, you know, Patrick, Bet David would tell you the same things. Like, listen, sure. I'm doing a lot of things. You know, hey, look at Luca. He's doing all these things. I'm like, the first seven to eight years, I dreamt, slept, bled. Fuck, everything was training, being the best, the best, the best, the training, all that. I mean, all day, all night, all fuck, like that was it, right? And I don't, I'm, I'm not going to give you the amount of years specifically, but I'll tell you what. I mean, three to five, like you got to, you got to work that. And the thing is, you're going to have that wheel spinning and then everything else becomes easier. I promise you, you're, because, your positioning will be better. People will know you will have money and resources to be able to invest in other things, right? It's kind of the same analogy as like growing out of a gym rather than going like, Hey, I got a half a million dollar loan. Don't really have an audience. Don't have a good website. Don't have anything. Don't have former clients, but I'm going to, you know, fucking kill this. And it's like building, they'll come. And it's like, Nope, Nope, Nope. That's not a good idea. So I, I just wanted to say that because I think analogies help. I think examples help. Um, and the things that we're talking about, hopefully you can put it into a bucket and go, okay, cool. I, I see what I need to do. That that doesn't mean that like, if you're training people, don't do social media far from it. The reality is, is like allocate time to it. And most people's schedules suck. And what I mean by suck is like, they're very ineffective and unproductive, you know, like, oh, I have no time. And then you do a time audit and all of a sudden it's like, dude, there's 12 hours a week. You're just bullshitting. You're not doing anything. What if you spent four of those writing articles, building your social media, right? And then you got another eight to get more clients and take some rest and, you know, go to fucking spa or something, right? <laughs> like, um, so, I mean, hopefully that like kind of wraps something together, but um, let, let me know if you got some thoughts on that because I, I feel this is important for coaches to know. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's, it's a fine line between there's a lot of imposter syndrome that's going to function here. A lot of people are going to think, well, I haven't earned the right yet. I don't know enough. I need to take more courses and certifications. Uh, it's a very, it's a very emotionally soothing way to procrastinate from doing mm -hmm. the hard thing, which is the writing the article formed out of the unknown to build the business, to do the YouTube when it's much easier to follow the course outline. It's much easier to read the book. And a lot of people, I think, get stuck in that mode where it's it's classic. I got an article on this a while back. You know, they, they consume and it crowds out room for creating. You have to box out, like you said, you have to time block time to create and you have to develop the process. I'll give you guys a really good book to read, The Practice by Seth Godin, one of my all-time yeah. favorites. It's great for this sort of stuff. And I'll throw in Stephen Pressfield's uh, The War of Art. War of Art. Hope you over, overcome that resistance that he talks about. And I believe in, and you said effectively this, you, you got to coach, you got to work with the people, you have to learn, you always have to develop your skills. Continue, continuing education has always got to be ongoing. But concurrent to that, 
document it, let it be seen on social media, work on the things like we talked about that you're good at initially, and then expand into the things that you aspire towards and learn those skills like writing and consistently do this stuff. Like even with gaining experience over time, the world that you came out of, cause you've been doing this longer than me, but even the world I came out of, we'll hear a lot of language like, okay, cool. You have to train people in person for this long before you quote, earn the right to train people online. Well, that works in theory. It's also gatekeeping language. The reality is, is most of the coaches coming up now are finding their way to both earlier in their career. So we've kind of got a duty to do one of two things, gatekeep it or two, teach, develop a rapport with those coaches. So that way they still look to us as educators and authorities and people that they role models, but also give them the tools to be better online coaches mm -hmm. earlier in their careers, because it's a skill that they're, they're leaning into. And the last few years with the world being shut down and gyms close in pockets, they, they had to, and the new trainers had to go that route. So, and there's all these people out there marketing these systems to teach them how to do online coaching early and not everybody marketing that stuff has honorable intentions. So it, it's just a thought that I think, yeah, don't overwhelm yourself with trying to do everything. But I think that some of these things, as you are learning on the gym floor, and I never truly want to get away from that, you do have to be practicing these other things concurrently. And the, the principle there is do not wait or manufacture reasons not to get started on the other things that will help you grow. No, that's a great point. And I think you, I think you interjected there well, because I didn't say that. And it is important. I mean, first of all, is just look at the last two years. It, there was points of like, no, like you're forced to do this anyways. Right. So that's, that's number one. And number two is like, look, if you look at your week, right. You're going to like, seriously, unless you're coaching 60 hours a week, like there's always time for, you know, doing these other things and building. I mean, again, you're building your business. You're you Inc. If you're a solopreneur, if you work out of a big box gym, I mean, that's essentially what I did, right? It was like, it's, it's what you did. Same thing. Now here's, here's what I uh, going back to that time audit. And, and you, you, you said something really, really well. It said, um, you know, kind of consuming because it becomes the thing that makes you feel like you're doing something. And actually, I think it was James Clear that wrote about this, you know, this, this idea of motion versus action, right? So imagine, um, you know, motion is like arrows in a circle moving around, you're moving in a circle, you know, action is arrows moving forward, like moving towards an outcome. And motion is important because motion is things like a strategy, you know, a learning, right? It's uh, getting mentored right? That's motion. Like you're taking it in, but only action creates outcomes. And so the thing that stops people from, for instance, sharing content or writing is the, the fact is that like what you're doing is you're avoiding failure, right? Cause the thing is action equals failure. It does like, you're, it, it's like, well, if I do this thing, I could get ridiculed. It could be, it could be sucky, whatever. So I'm going to feel in emotion like I'm doing stuff, but I'm actually never going to expose myself to the possibility of failure. And this is where I believe that like, look, you said the word concurrent, which is, you know, it's called conjugate content, man. That would be a good product right there. Conjugate there content. Damn. Um, and, but it, it's true where again, you're practicing your craft, you know, and what, wherever that is, obviously if it's offline, if it's online, I mean, to me, it's like, I feel like 
you're so you can be so much better online when you're doing stuff offline. Eric Bach is a great example, right? Too where it's like, hey, I'm I'm continuing to coach. I'm continuing to coach. Joe, all these guys, right? They're continuing to coach. How many hours? Well, I mean, that's up to you. How what lifestyle you want to build? But you're coaching. You're a better coach online. But whatever you're doing, you end up sharing it. Meaning, hey, I just helped this client solve this problem. Great, create content around it, right? Like that. That's it. That's that. It's as simple as that. And I mean, this is Gary V stuff, and it's really cool because you just shared. You mentioned it before, but you just shared the photo of you hanging out with Gary V a bunch of years ago, right? That 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 shit's really cool. But it's we're already doing it anyway. And you do this as, as well as anybody does with your YouTube. So like anyone listening who's finding this episode through my media, I mean, first of all, you probably know who Luke is anyway, because I splash him around everywhere. But go look at Luca's uh, you, YouTube. Okay, go look at Luca's Instagram. Follow him for the love of God, please. And just see how he does all this stuff. But go look at his YouTube because you're going to see, like, we do this stuff anyway. And I mean, there are things that I'm telling people to do that I struggle with because I haven't done it all, especially the video stuff. But you can look at examples of people who do it well, because if you're inclined or just damn well determined to do it, like Lucas coaching people in his business that he owns and has coaches there, he's always immersed in this, but there's always video being taken of what's going on. And the other thing that's that this concurrent, you know, uh, learning and showcasing, and you talked about it recently when we were in Vegas with Joel, in your presentation is you go to a seminar, you learn something. And then what do you do? You immediately go and you film that and you demo it and yep. you put it on your media. Not only is that the best way to reinforce your own learning of it, but you can then turn around and share it with more people. So if you're doing stuff like this, even if it's tricky to get started, that, that, that Ferris wheel you talked about, if you keep banging your head against that and you're determined that wheel will get moving all the stuff that I've done, all the stuff that you've done, I promise you, not everything was smooth sailing right out the gates easy. There was a lot of time and doubt. And yeah, the, the fear, sure, the fear of, of failure, fear of criticism, fear of ridicule, fear of being exposed as an imposter when I'm sharing something that, I mean, first of all, I like to say like Eric Cressy and you know John Barretti, they're not looking at your social media, so don't worry about it. But funny enough, because I met... Mike Gizertel and and all these other people in my tra travels. Yeah, funny enough, they're actually watching this shit. I got Lou Schuler really reading my earliest articles because I met him in 2017, right? Former editor of Men, uh, Men's Health and other shit. But you got to set aside these fears. You got to work past this stuff and you got to just decide, all right, this is what I want. I'm going to, I'm, I'm willing to push through this. I'm willing to keep showing up and I'm willing to get good at it. And, and I, you know what? I forgot about me sharing that uh, um, at the event in Vegas, but I'm glad you brought it up because it really, you know, when I look back again, connecting the dots back, you know, this is, I, I would say this might be one of the biggest reasons to share more is that you will be, you have to become a better teacher and communicator to share stuff on, on, on social media or on YouTube. Like, Again, like if I do a whiteboard video on YouTube and some of them are, you know, 50 minutes long, 30 minutes long, I'm just teaching. What do I have to do? I actually sit down for like a couple hours before, you know, write it out on a whiteboard, distill it. Like, what am I going to talk about? How is going to like, I want this to be really good. And then I teach it and I have to become better to teach it. So again, if you come from a, uh, a conference, you know, you just went and did a mobility seminar, right? And you're like, wow, there's so much stuff there. Cool. 
in your notes when you went over to seminar, when you come back, teach an in-staff, record it, um, share five of the biggest takeaways you had in video showing it, show five drills that like you're going to start doing every day. I mean, there's so much content that you can use from what you learned and you're sharing it with others. And what you're doing is like, you're, you're helping others because you're teaching them what you learn, but you're becoming a better teacher yourself because you have to distill it. Same thing with podcasts. Like I have an episode coming up solo where I'm sharing, you know, some stuff that like I've, I've, I've known and learned, but I'm distilling it into like about five points. And it's taken me time. I'm going to be better to doing that podcast and that podcast is going to be a very valuable episode. So again, now do you, do you need permission to do that while you're growing as a coach? No, of course not. Like if, if you, again, serve versus sell, right? Like if you have that in mind, like you're not trying to sell anything other than give valuable content and serve, guess what? Whenever you do ask for a sell, you'll have built up so much value that it won't be annoying, right? That's that whole like, you know, jab, 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 right hook from Gary Vee from a long time ago, you know, where I, I even tell, I give people a ratio. I say 10 to one. Some folks will say five to one, like for every 10 valuable pieces of content, you know, that you put out, you can easily ask like, Hey, go buy my stuff. And, and I, when I say buy my stuff, obviously in a way of like the stuff is going to solve somebody's problem. But if you do that, nobody be pissed off. Matter of fact, there'll be a lot of people that wouldn't want to buy your stuff, even if they don't need it. Cause you've been, cause you've been so valuable to them. And so again, you can start doing that right away that you don't need permission for that. And there's a big difference between that and, and like, for instance, selling, like doing something that you're not actually doing in the real world. And I think that's where people sometimes will have a disconnect in the integrity. Like even if you, if you got three to four clients and you're busting your ass being the best coach for them and you're learning and you're improving and the stuff that you're helping them do, you're now sharing with the world and the stuff that you're learning, you're sharing with the world man, kudos too. actually, I encourage that like a hundred percent, you'll become a better coach faster, uh, both offline and online when you're doing that. And I, I think that might be, you know, for anybody that's in the first years of their, their, their career in industry, it's probably the biggest sell that I have for, for people to start doing content or like think about, you know, think about even for, for us, we've been in this game for a long time. Like the amount of time I'll spend to write an article just distilling it, thinking it through, like for whether it's T Nation or, or right now, I got a couple in the chamber as well. Like, I mean, you gotta, you gotta go like, hmm, okay, what's important? All right, how am I gonna break this down? Like, it makes you a better communicator and a better coach to have to do that. So, and the thing is, you don't need to be on T Nation. You don't need to be every single person I talked to that eventually became a, a big writer and wrote for, for big uh, sites started with their own blogs. I have a, a, at least a couple hundred of my own. And probably another hundred guest ones, you know, before I ever got like a, like a, you know, big site to write for. And anybody can do that starting today. Funny. Yeah. Uh, I've had a fair number of people over the course of the last four years ask me how to get on T Nation. And one of my pals, I actually introduced you to him, Daniel DeBrock. And he's now the director of educational content at Kabuki Strength because he took everything I told him, which we talked about earlier. And he did it. He actually applied it. He kept submitting and submitting. And then he got on with T Nation. He got on with Elite FTS, Barband, and Kabuki Strength, which led to this. And he's now the guy who's setting up Kabuki Education Week, which, because I met him at an RP event in 2018 and added him to Facebook, he turned around because my media has grown and I've worked hard to earn it. He invited me to come and speak at Kabuki Education Week the last two years. Cool. Whereas a lot of people have gone in and asked, 
And what I know they're really asking is, hey, can you introduce me to your editors? And my default answer to that is no. I mean, especially if someone's looking, because they're asking for something from me instead of how can I do something to support other people. And the only people who I have turned around and grabbed, and usually I do it without them asking, and pulled them into T-Nation like I did with you, like I did with Dr. Tim D. Francesco, like Ali Gilbert and a few other people, Ben Mudge, Natalia Mello, or a few other examples, I did it because they built such a legacy of working on all the other shit that we talked about that they've got the career accomplishment to the point where I'm like, hell yeah, you'd be a great fit for T Nation. And then what am I doing? Because I just don't have the time to feed T Nation an article a week or even every yeah, month. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get Chris and Danny, my editors, bring them great people to the door. Like with, with Tim D. Francesco, I'm pretty sure you know who Tim is. Yep. Him, he worked with the Los Angeles Lakers as the head strength and conditioning coach for six years. He owns a gym in Salem, Mass. The guy is legit. He's the doctor of physical therapy. So we connect online, get chatting. He's done the work. And so we put together this article based on his ideas. So I sent it in and Chris comes back. He's like, oh, we kind of got a problem here. This is like seven articles. <laughs> we want to expand on all this stuff. <laughs> but Chris is worried because... It's like deeper dives that they have to go into the stuff that Tim knows. So Chris is worried. He's like, well, they, they kind of got to cut me out of it. I'm like, dude, I don't care. I'm doing all you guys a favor. This is nothing to me. Yeah. And he turned, they, took, they still turn around. They like paid me for, you know, the article, but they didn't publish that one, but they just did a whole big series. And I'm like, Hey, cool. I don't have to do any work here. Everybody's happy. I earned some credits. So that way I bought some time, not having to send you guys anything while I'm working on other shit. And what do I do? We help out Tim. Who's a good dude. You know, we got good stuff going into T Nation. It's the same thing with you. Bring you in, then set you loose in there, write a few more things. Same shit. And that's how and I mean, this is, I mean, like, I know it sounds, look, this is so interesting, right? Because it sounds so corny. You know, it's like a, a fucking shirt tagline, right? Like, but if you do that, and like, we just gave different examples of how to do it in different places, right? Whether you're doing it online with your audience, whether it's, with the relationships that you have connecting people where when, when, right? Whether it's in your community and you're going out and this stuff compounds. And you even said it like, hey, these folks that I reached out to, you know, like they, yeah, they paid their dues, but what did they do? They, they created so much value in the marketplace, right? That you've also benefited from, I benefit from that. You're like, man, how can I help you? Right? How can I, how can I connect you and make things better for you? And Look, it really is about that. I can promise you this, that when I, you know, um, uh, local chiropractor, uh, Dr. P, we call him, Dr. Jeff Petrilli, I've been going to him for 15 years. At one point in time, uh, I don't know if still that, but like for the decade, like 30% plus of his business was coming from us, right? Happily, like I don't need, you know, uh, and I think is I never asked for anything. I know, like he was just, you know, great active release tissue guy great chiropractor, incredible human being, people would come back and be like, thank you so much for, you know, sending me there. Right. Like, and it's like, guess what, you know, for, for him, like we've done so much stuff over the years, you know, with high def, the way that we connected, everything was about giving, everything was about connecting, everything was about solving somebody else's problems. And then you do so much of it. And I think, you know, online and being able to write articles and videos and stuff, you do so much of it that as it compounds and that reciprocity comes back, you know, same as you said, same as Jason Brown said, just like, or, or even for me, it's like, you, you just start getting leads consistently. It's just like, it, you don't even need to, I mean, and again, I'm not, I'm 
far from against paid advertising. We do it. I think it's smart. But when you do all those things, you know, even at Vigor here, I was just um, sitting down with, uh, I would say, a potential GM that I'm, I'm really looking forward to hopefully making happen. But like, I, I was breaking down. I said, hey, look, you know, in the, in the past three months, we've had 100, uh, no, sorry, it was, yeah, 102, you know, organic leads just through site. So that's 34 per month. You know, and that's, and I'm probably lowballing because that didn't count some walk-ins. It didn't count a whole bunch of other things, right? So you're looking at 30 to 40 leads per month organically where I'm, I'm like, listen, I, I don't even want to spend ads right now because I don't know if we can fulfill a backend with the way that we're doing things right now. But those things are a compound effect of everything else, right? In, in, um, I'm not sure who said this, right? That there's really three ways to like generate kind of business. And then like one is paid advertising. And again, I'm for it, but, it, but you do have to know how to build a funnel and know how to copyright VSLs, like, which is skills you should learn. But to learn those is going to take time, right? So that's paid. For most people, I, you know, uh, that we even coach in, in our mastermind is like the second one, which is it's the quick hitters, but those are not like long-term, you know, uh, uh, for instance, John Goodman talks about the five, one sixty, we call them hand raiser posts. And there's all these different examples, right? Where you can generate business today, uh, referral strategies, all these different things, important, very important. But number three, number three is the long-term stuff. That's the social and having conversations. You do a great job with that, reaching out to people, connecting. It's writing articles. It's creating videos. It's writing emails to your news uh, to your newsletter, writing blog posts on your site, doing uh, uh, a podcast. And those uh, don't have as quick of an effect, but they're like a snowball, right? It starts small and it builds and it gets momentum and it gets bigger and bigger and then it becomes unstoppable. And then you're like, where's this guy coming from? Oh man, I've been reading your emails for five years. What about you? Oh, I saw this video that you did. Oh, I saw you speak at this thing. And it's just compounds so much and builds on itself and it's worthwhile doing. But the thing is that third one, you got to start today to build it, right? Every time you're like, well, I'll start later. It, it, the snowball won't, won't grow. And it has a unique effect to the right people more and more self-select to work with you. So if you have yes. talked about, you have a limitation on capacity with the space size of your gym, right? I have a limitation on the number of time slots I can train in person and online. So unless we find other ways to scale, which we we and people in our space are looking for ways to continue to scale outwardly into online. Don Saladino, Kelsey Heenan, they fucking kill it at this. They're, they're the role models for this. But outside of that, well, cool. We raise rates a little bit or whatever's appropriate. Um, and the, the people that are coming in, they're going to, if they're the ones who are finding you and finding that, well, this guy writes for muscle fitness magazine, this guy goes and speaks at international conferences, then you're going to get people who complain less are comfortable paying more. Don't, you know, if they cancel, like the doctor, I just mentioned, if he gets stuck in the hospital, he texts me. He's like, yo bro, I'm stuck in the hospital. Take the session. Right. There's not even no fuss, nothing. And they treat you with respect, which makes your life a little bit easier. And those people stay longer, which means you have less time spinning, worried about where that next client is coming from. And it's a self-fulfilling, self-perpetuating system that just makes you more and more secure. How many coaches during COVID, or even before it, one foot in, one foot out of the industry, worried about where the next client's going to come from. And then this, everything just comes crashing down and all the gyms get closed. 
how many people left the industry because they were never secure in the first place. Yep. Whereas I've always looked at one of my favorite books on this is uh, Nassim Taleb's Anti-Fragile. Mm-hmm. And he uses the example of the two brothers, the guy who is works for, I think it's like 60,000 pounds a year for a corporation. And then the cabbie brother who day to day, it varies, but it works out at 60,000. And a lot of people think, well, okay, which one's more secure? And everybody thinks, well, the guy with the corporate job, bullshit. Okay. That guy, he could lose his job in an instant. Sure. We know there's employment insurance, all that sort of stuff, but he could lose his job at instant. It goes from 60 to zero. Whereas a cabbie, he notices that, well, there's not as many fares. He can change stuff. He can detect patterns. He can use, drive different hours, go to different parts of town, adjust a lot of the stuff. And that's a metaphor for what we do. It's very rare that side of gym closure type stuff, that everything just goes away all in one shot. We just notice, hey, wait a minute. I've, my sessions are down the last couple of months. We can pivot and adapt and we can do a ton of things, a lot of which we talked about, so that way we can we can continue to build up that business. We can, we can change our tactics. We can learn, we can grow because every trainer is worried. Oh, all my clients are all going to just not renew tomorrow. We all have that fear. We grew up with that fear. We've all been there, right? That's gone now because of all the stuff I've done, but our business, I'll I'll leave up here and and I'm muddying this message a little bit, but we're lucky to get to do what we do. We're crazy lucky. There's so much potential to earn and there's the coaches that are like, oh, I don't care about money. I just want to help people. Well, guess what? It's a lot easier to help a lot of people if, A, if you figure out ways to scale that reach, which means social media and all these other resources we're developing, if you are earning a greater livelihood, which keeps you in the game long term, because, A, there's no pension plan for this. So we got to save for our retirement. And you get to wake up every day excited to go do something you love and spend time with people you enjoy. And that's why I'm so passionate about I've been lucky. I've been blessed. I have great people in my world like you, like so many other people who've been supporting me, who I've learned from. Great mentors, great role models. And I love giving back and supporting other people because this has been unreal to me. I can't even believe the career and the lifestyle I get because of this. So honestly, I hope anybody listening, I I hope you guys take a ton away because I think this one was crazy and I know we ran really long. But uh, Oh man, listen, I'm long is normal for, you know, because again, I, I, I always wanted to be conversation like it has been and, and for things to come out naturally, because you know what, like I, I legitimately, like it's very important, you know, Thanksgiving was, was, was yesterday, whenever uh, we're drop we're dropping this next week, but the, the, you know, on Thanksgiving in America, it's like, what are we grateful for? I think you should kind of do that more often than, than once a year and do it as every, every day, if, if necessary, I would say it would make you realize um, there's a lot of amazing things in your life, but I, let's, you know, zoom in on what you said on this industry. When we, I, I know when I started, so many things were not possible. You know, it was so, uh, in many ways, it was so much harder. And now, I mean, this is a young industry and the, you know, the floodgates will continue to open on the possibilities. And so I do believe this is the best industry. I think we can influence people more than anyone. You know, there's people that have been here for 13 years, 12 years, 14 years. I mean, we have so many clients that have been here for, you know, an average of almost a decade, training three, four, five times a week. And tell me, like, where can you influence people that much to completely, you know, help them change their lives? I mean, it's insane. And, and you got to be like, 
really grateful for that. And it, and, and that's going to fuel you to do more. That's what it does for me. I've, I've been in this game for, you know, I mean, close to 20 years now I get, I wake up as fired up as I've ever been. I'm not saying that I don't have tough days and you run four businesses, man, you're going to have some, some, some days that are really challenging, some times that are very challenging, but there's never, but I never forget, you know, like, and, and I tell coaches, listen, like you should be honored, man, like honored to coach the people that you coach. They invest their time and money with you. Uh, you know, it, it's, you should be proud of that. You should be honored. And it's like, don't disrespect the craft. That's the, that's, that's the big one for me. You know, it's like, look, do all the things uh, and, and do all the things that we talked about to build a brand. But if you stop, you know, being great at, at this to help your people, that's disrespecting the craft. And that's why I'm still like, learning and at conferences and bringing things here and, you know, getting better at doing, for instance, uh, content because that's helping more people, right? Like, so never, never forget that. And you gotta, you gotta ask yourself, Hey, you know, we, last year we had a saying with the rugby team, I always pick, pick a frame for, for the year. It was like 10 in, 10 out, you know, and the 10 in, 10 out, man. So guys, listen, you want 10 out, which is that best result, the best outcome, you know, the 10 out of 10 outcome, you got to put 10 in. 10 effort, 10 focus, you know, uh, in, in intention, because if you don't like, how are you, you know, you might be right now putting in a three wanting out of 10. Right. And I, here, and here's one way to find out. Cause this is the other side of it. The other side of it is that you may think you're working at an eight out of 10, but then you got to surround yourself with savages to learn that maybe you're not. And like, I, I remember this was a long time ago, Eric, Eric Cressy told me a story when he was, you know, powerlifting was like, I mean, I thought I was a nine out of 10 guy, nine, nine, 10 out of 10. Right. Then I went to Southside, you know, which is one of the top powerlifting gyms in the, in the area that he was in. And he was like, man, I, I realized I was a five or six and that's happened to me. Like I've, I've entered spaces, you know, for basketball, I'll tell you, that's what it is. You know, like you dominate somewhere and then you go to the, to the biggest leagues and you're like, damn, I am like, man, I got it. So then you, you get a realization, like I got to step my game up or you're like, oh my God, this is too hard for me. Right. And you got to surround yourself with that to even get the awareness of what it takes. I think it's great for you. I think it's, it's important for you because it rubs off. And if you learn and you apply, you'll be successful, right? If you do that 10 in, 10 out, you do it long enough. Like you'll succeed. If you keep learning, keep improving, stay humble. Um, it, you know, it, again, it sounds like oh, I've heard that before, but listen, if you keep hearing it from a lot of the people that you respect and are where you want to be, you should buy into it and like go all in on that stuff. And you'll, You'll go, you'll go in the direction that you want. And I'll use a quick example. One of the reasons why I follow your social media so closely for so long is just that you have a reputation for hard work and hustle, right? You seem to have a tireless ability to produce at a high level, like few other people in the industry that I see. And I think a lot of people look at what I've done over the last few years and they're like, how the hell do you do it all? And I stop and I go, man, I, 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 it doesn't even come close to what I, it, and again, social media is just a curated picture of True. it, but it's like, I look at what Luke is doing and I'm like, all right, that fires me up. That doesn't get me. Oh, I, I suck. I can't do this stuff. It's like, cool. I know I got a little more in the tank, right? It's kind of like, it's not my favorite book in the whole world, but can't hurt me by uh, Goggins. Right? Yep. And Goggins is an absolute lunatic, but it shows the indomitable indomitable will and what the body can endure if the mind will push through it. And there's days where I'm like, yeah, I'm a little tired, what have you. And I, and sometimes it's seeing something you're doing and going, cool. No, 
I got a little bit more work to do. And it's, yeah, you got to know batteries and you got to know when to shut off and recoup. For sure. Right. And for everybody listening as well, you may not be able to go at that. I don't have kids, right? I don't have the family. Um, you know, some of you guys have those kind of responsibilities. And I think having boundaries around that stuff is essential. I catch myself a few too many weekends, you know, ditching out on social shit because I'm working on, hey, I got this presentation coming up this weekend. I'm like, no, I'm going to dinner tonight with a buddy of mine who's got a really successful online coaching business. I'm looking forward to picking his brain. Um, you know, this, this girl I've been spending some time with, we go way back. Uh, you know, we're going to go grab dinner tomorrow night if she's feeling well enough. We both were sick recently. And, you know, I got a bit of work on the weekend, but I, I, I still have to remind myself to, to like turn it off, go do these things. But also one of my favorite things, and I'm going to continue to plug the ship, is look at the events that are going on in the industry. And one of my favorite things is to go spend time doing that. When Joel announced that he was going to do this thing, this insider thing in Vegas that we were both at, I messaged him right away and said, hey, I want in on this. And so we got there and you, me, Mike Robertson, Derek Mendoza, Joel, a handful of other great people, met a lot of good people. And it was a fun weekend. We went to Beatles Love at the Mirage, which was you know, awesome, right? That was cool. And then the next three weekends, again, invitations to go speak at some stuff. I, I can't wait. I'm excited. I get the, I get to do the Fitbiz mastermind, like probably the same time this is coming out uh, in Scottsdale. That's Lane Norton and Jordan Sider in the lineup of that. I'm like, Holy hell, Pedro's Cooley and John Romanello were in that one. And then the week after another event, and then I'm just going to go hang out with our P team in Vegas, Olympia weekend. I'm going to go to the expo on the Saturday. So I'm looking forward to this stuff. And again, I get to do this stuff because of the relationships I've built over the years. And then finally, the plug on Raise the Bar. Guys, seriously, check out Raise the Bar. Me and Luke are speaking in this. Don Saladino's in this one. Um, Jonathan Goodman, Jordan Syatt, Molly Galbraith, Tony Gentilcore. It's a big, long list of really, really cool people. Martin, Mar Rooney. Martin, Rooney. Martin Rooney's coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because it feels like you and me scored. I mean, Nick and Derek, they're amazing and they have tons of connections, but I feel like you and me scored them between us like a third of the lineup on this one, which was cool. Yep. <laughs> and I'm just looking forward to getting down to hang it out with everybody. I've got a cool presentation. A lot of stuff we talked about is stuff that my planned presentation has in it. And these things are some of the best things I get to do in the industry. And I would not be where I am right now. And I certainly wouldn't be on this episode if I didn't start traveling to the stuff in 2017. So I hope people listening, I hope I'll, I'll see you guys at one of these events. And Luca, make uh, make bigger ground fitness and business conference happen this year if you can. Listen. No matter no matter what, it's coming back. Um, I'm I'm working. I'm definitely working on a lot of things. And uh, 2023 is going to be a lot, a lot of launches for me. You'll see. Uh, but with that said, hey, I want to make sure for you know for anybody that doesn't follow Andrew, which I'm, I always say, like you know, I, I'm sure people that ha that don't will be listening to this, which is awesome because I always want to make sure that I spread the word on people doing great stuff. Uh, where can they find out more about you? What are kind of the main hubs that that you share? that you share your content through. So, I mean, all roads go through Instagram. So at Andrew Coates Fitness, C-O-A-T-E-S, I link everything else through. I mean, I got the podcast, Lift Free and Diet Hard. Luca, you've been a guest on a bunch of times. So just search for that, go listen to Luca's episodes. Um, obviously my website, andrewcoatsfitness.com, but I'll throw it right back. And I'm hoping a lot of people who find this through my media, go follow Luca. And go through the go through this podcast because this is one of my favorite podcasts over the years. There's a ton of the industries who's who have been guests on it. You just had Lee Boyce, just had Jason Brown, but it goes into everybody. So dig into this and dig in at Luca's other resources. 
And if you're interested in stuff we're talking about, I mean, Luca's been one of the main role models for a lot of the stuff that I've done. So plug in his media. You're going to get a lot out of it. It's going to, it's going to jazz you up. You're going to be exhausted just watching him. You need energy, <laughs> bang energy for this. Yeah, I love the plug, brother. This is, I wanted to make the plug for you, man, but, but I appreciate that. And, and look, like guys, this is one of my big things on anything that I ever do when it comes to podcasts or when we do our coaching calls and masterminds and stuff like that. I'm like, whatever resonated with you, because there's a lot, but there's something probably that pumped like popped up that like made you maybe, you know, fill in your gut and like, shit, I'm not doing it. Go do it now. Write it down. Go do it. it maybe you heard a hundred things, but do one. Cause I want everybody to make sure they do something that moves them forward after listening to this show and not just be like, man, I was awesome. I heard this, which was great. But man, do something that moves you forward in your life and your career. Because then every week when you do that at the end of next year, like you're going to be in a lot of different position where you are now and be happy that you, you took that action. So with that said, Andrew, thank you, man. I really appreciate you being on the show, brother. Thank you for everybody that's tuning in. You could have been anywhere, but you were here getting better with us. So be ready. Put into play. Next episode coming out. Peace out, my friends. Thank you, brother.